<laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast episode number, I think it's 97. My name is Josh Tall, and I'm joined by my good friend, Brett Roberts. As always, Brett, hello. How are you? What's up? What's up is YouTube says our audio bit rate is zero, but that is a lie. It's a lie. I can test, I can test that right now. You can test it right now, but I'm pretty sure it's a lie. It's a lie. I know it's a lie because I, I see <laughs> I see the levels and nothing's muted. So I'm here to tell you right now it's a lie. I'm here to tell you YouTube is bad. Well, that's not wrong. So how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about today. It was a busy weekend. A lot of stuff uh, leaked and a lot of stuff happened and went down. And, you know, we're uh, we're here to talk about all that. What happened? A lot of games leaked. Uh, uh, I thought you were referring. I thought you were referring to something else. No, no, there was a big uh, PlayStation game that leaked, which we're going to talk about. And there's an Xbox mini Xbox conference, a showcase that we're going to be talking about, and um, some other stuff. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, should be good. Should be good. Sorry, I'm just uh, stalling here while I uh, get my YouTube thing back up because it, uh, I don't like YouTube. Okay, uh, so here's what we got for everybody today. Um, first of all, we're going to talk about uh, something for the 100th episode, um, which we'll get to in a second. But what we're really going to be talking about today is, uh, let's see, Dead by Daylight, um, losing rights, uh, unfortunately. Uh, talking a big about, character. Yeah, talking about the movie Megan, which we both saw, but we have something regarding Megan uh, over the weekend. Uh like you said, the new Sony IP has been leaked. Um, Xbox potentially coming out with a big, you know, quote-unquote developer showcase this month. And then, of course, our main topic is talking about The Last of Us, um, the HBO series, getting ready to premiere here soon. But we have a review reviews out for it, and we're going to talk about that. But the first thing, housekeeping, before we do anything else, Brett, is yep. what do we have going We We, te we teased it last week. Uh, but what do we have going on for the 100th episode, and what can people do uh, regarding that? So if you've been following the channel for a while, you might know we released some merch a couple of weeks back, um, a couple of months back, actually. We are the we call ourselves the Slick Boys, right? Mm. And, you know, we tried to come up with like an alternate name for like what our you know viewers could be called and what we could be called as a collective. And I think the thing we came up with was the cult of Slick. Mm -hmm. We're all a bunch of like minded people that like the same thing. We all like games. We like movies. We like entertainment. We like horror. We like, you know badass shit right right so together we are the cult of slick and what that means ladies and gentlemen is that for our 100th episode of have to cast we are going to be doing something very special we're going to let the cult call in i don't know what you're playing i'm playing what are you doing nothing you're, you're speaking the numbers oh, on the screen you, for you, the video viewers there is a phone number on the screen right now apparently and if you call that number you can leave a message and we will play it on our 100th episode. Ask us a question. Um, you know, if you want to just, you know, get some feedback on something, if you need some help in your life, um, call in, leave a message. If you want to just leave an application for why you should be accepted into the cult of Slick, that's fine too. Um, but we're going to be playing as many of them as possible. So go ahead and call. The number is 904-TRUE-CULT. That's 904-T-R-U-C-U-L-T. And then there's an actual phone number which I don't have in front of me. It's 904-878-2858. A lot of eights. A lot of eights in there. Um, but yeah, give us a call. Uh, call the Cult of Slick. There's a nice little voicemail message for you and uh, leave a message for us and we're going to play it on the show. We might even be doing, I don't know if this is possible, but we, we might even be able to take callers. Oh, live. sure. Yeah. So um, 
maybe if you're lucky when we're out live doing the 100th episode you can call in and we'll actually answer and put you and patch you in live on the show mm-hmm. so that's that uh total pool warning though you'd be kicked out immediately and banned forever if you do anything not good when you do that so that's right don't say anything <laughs> bad we we do a good job of not doing that ourselves so we ask that you do the same yeah and if you do do that then we're gonna take you to court so we're gonna sue you for everything you got and you're no longer in the cult of slick that's right so. and that's that's even worse so and then it'll just be the two of us josh it'll just be me and you so make sure you uh so bad make sure you uh you don't be bad because if you are then it'll just be the two of us in the cult of slick what's that guy's name no idea i forget okay well he's bad but also really good so uh, so oh boy oh boy all right well do that that number's on the screen uh yeah give us a call yeah we'll leave it there uh for, for now so uh you know you can call now and leave a message we're not taking live calls right now but you can do that for now maybe that'll be a feature of the show in the future that would be awesome that yeah. would be great uh can call regarding the topic you have a question for us a video game question whatever could do that that'd be awesome right um all right let's hop into a proper brett uh media yeah. consumption update what are you playing watching doing all right so i want to start off by saying that you and i like you mentioned we went and saw the film megan unfortunately the trailer went viral it was getting rave reviews it was in the 90s right we thought it was just okay the movie's fine Let's talk more about that later, because one of our topics is about the film Megan, the horror yeah. film. So let's skip that for now. I do want to say that I fucking hate movie theaters, though. Continued. Yeah, I think I'm done. And I, I bit the bullet, and I went out because it's the last time that we were going to be out with our friend Brandon for a while until he has his PhD. Yeah. So I went. I don't know what else to say other than, you know, and, and I think about this often, right? I'm. I've been done with movie theaters. I made an exception. I went to this. I'm really done with movie theaters after going again with the abysmal situations. We had the Crinkle King next to me. We had freaking the hyenas in front of us. We had Mouth Breather right behind me. We had fucking Lady that's freaking sighing the whole movie to our back. Like, it was just abysmal the whole fucking time, right? Yeah. But my thing is, is I feel like us as movie connoisseurs, goers, people that like film, right yeah directors and hollywood and studios always like go out to the movies you know support theaters whatever and i have no problem doing that but here's the thing if you want us to do that something's got to give because the theater experience is abysmal it's more expensive than it ever has been before and it's as abysmal as it's ever been before so you want us to go to the theaters call amc call regal call your local theater chains and tell them to get a fucking grip because it's not worth my time or money right now so I'm not going to go to the theater and support your movie. I'm going to pirate it instead. Well, the theaters are dying, and then they're not going to be able to... They don't have the money to, like, hire someone to, like, you know, police that. That's the problem. I don't know. Alamo Drafthouse seems to have a fine time with it. Here's the rule. You speak or t- take your phone out during a movie, you're gone forever, and you're never allowed back in. That's it. You want to make the experience better? Do that. Hire more people to clean the theater. That's it. Because it's fucking abysmal and it's turds. So don't tell me to go to the theater if it's a waste of my fucking time and money. Okay. Right. right. Yeah, I don't like it at all. I had a bad time. And the film was just okay, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I also watched the new film, The Menu. Mm. Had a great time with this show, show, movie. Good. I laughed more than I thought I would. 
I thought it was going to be very pretentious, and it is, but it's self-aware. Mm-hmm. So I had a good time with this, and I recommend it to you, especially, because I think you'll like it. Good to hear. All right, so some games I've been playing. There's a big one that I have to announce right now. Let me find the right sound effect to uh, go with it. Let's see here. What do we got? Ladies and gentlemen, I got the platinum in Rayman Legends. Welcome right. to the Come oh Zone. God. So <laughs> it's over. I don't have to play that game ever again. Every day I've been playing it, and now it's complete. And how long did it take you? Literally years. Like eight years. Almost, eight, probably, almost eight years. It would probably take, if you just did it and you committed, it would probably take you a couple of months. It took me a couple of months over eight years. Mm-hmm. So, I think you should just tell people that it took you eight years, though. Sounds better. It does sound better, but it makes me sound like I'm really bad, and I'm not. Oh, well, you are, but... I fucking... Well, no, I'm good at that game. Well, at that game, I'm just saying the fact that you... I mean, respect that you committed yourself for that long to do it. Yeah. They could probably hire me to be a developer for Rayman Legends, too, and I'd probably be the best <laughs> developer they ever had in their lives. Um, so, anyway, I did it. Oh, you know what? There was actually a better sound effect I could have played. Where is it? Uh, it was right next to Bad to the Bone, dude. I really fumbled go. the bag there. I really fucking fumbled the bag. Um, so, yeah, uh, Rayman Legends, done it. Overwatch 2, I played a little bit with you. That game's unbearable. Um, mm-hmm. They need to fix it. It's bad. I read online today that they're going to nerf Roadhog and take his hook away. What? I'm done. That's I'm the done whole point that. of his character. I'm, I'm done, dude. I'm done. Um, I'll play a little bit more. I'll try it. If it's still bad, I'm out. I'll drop it like I did Apex. I don't care. And then I've been playing Pokemon Scarlet. I know, like mm. I, I said, I beat it a couple weeks ago, but there was post-game stuff to do, so I actually went back and beat every gym leader again. It was super easy. Oh, my God. And then they do a, a tournament at the school, and it's you versus, like, it's basically like another Elite Four, but it's, like, students and teachers from the school. Mm-hmm. That was also really fucking easy. And uh, now I'm officially done, I think. So I'm just kind of trying to catch all the all the Pokemon to fill the Pokedex. Now, the next thing I want to talk to you about is a TV show that I've been watching. Mm-hmm. It's on Peacock. Mm. And Josh, I cannot believe how good it is. Mm. It is called Paul T. Goldman. Mm-hmm. And it the name does not sound very appealing. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see an image of it, of the show, and you're going to go, that looks abysmal. It's just this old guy named Paul T. Goldman, right? I'm here to tell you, put that all aside. The director of the show was a writer and a producer on Nathan for You. Mm. Several other projects for Nate with Nathan Fielder. He's a genius. And what they have crafted is, and I don't want to say too much because I think it's best to go in with as little as possible, but I have to give you a little taste. There's a man named Paul T. Goldman. He was um, married to this woman, and very clearly she was scamming him for money. Mm. And it's a true, the show is a true crime story about him and his wife. Okay. The thing is, Paul T. Goldman wrote a book about the whole situation called Duplicity. And then after he wrote Duplicity and sold it on Amazon, he wrote a screenplay. And the show is a mixture of, and it's, this is all, he's a real person. This isn't like a, like a written show. This is, this is a, a documentary style, right? 
So it's like a true crime documentary style thing about him and his story with his wife. But it stitches in clips of them and the director filming his adaptation of his own book. And he insists that he plays himself. And he is so fucking bad, dude, at acting and as a human being in general. I can't (laughs) even stress that enough. So you get like this like true crime documentary, but then mixed in just Nathan for you style comedy, dude. And it's he does not realize like he doesn't get it, dude. But he's he's the bit basically. So it's so he's Tommy Wiseau, pretty much. Literally, yes. Yeah, that's awesome. But he's writing it, and like the director will be directing, and he's like, "Hold on, I want to try something else." And he'll like literally just like be the director of the movie, and it's bad, dude. That's awesome. Uh, so. Really funny. There's four episodes out. There's six episodes total. They release weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I highly recommend well, it. I was in regardless because you and our friend Steven were talking about it a lot. And yeah. I knew there was some sort of tangential relationship to Nathan Fielder. So with that, I was in. Right. But I really and him after t- hearing that. We text each other while we're watching it. And our dude, I, I honestly, I want to like, I know you want to wait for it to be done to watch it. But here's what's going to happen. I'm going to do it. I'm going to watch it all tonight. Okay. They're what thirty minute episodes, dude. They're so short. They're at twenty to thirty minutes. Okay, I'm gonna watch it all tonight, and then we'll watch the next two together. That's what I. That's what I was gonna say. I kind of want to like watch it with you guys. When does it, it come when out? Do they on come Sundays. Out? Sundays. Okay. On Sundays. Yeah. So like we could totally like stream it together and watch oh, yeah. it. Absolutely. It would be so fucking funny, dude. All right. And honestly, I'm sold. Don't know where it goes after episode four. Okay. No idea. I'm sold. I don't need to know where it goes, but I'm in. I'll do it tonight. You have my word. So. Highly recommend that. And then Chainsaw Man, obviously. Gotta catch up Uh, with that too. That show is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I think I'm only I think I'm two episodes behind now. I've I saw up up through episode seven. Yeah, there's eight, nine, and ten. Oh, okay. So I'm three episodes behind. Yeah. And a lot of good stuff happens. So Well, very bad stuff happened with the last episode I watched. So But all right. That's all I got. Cool. What do you got? Um for me, I'll stay on TV since we're on that. I finished my rewatch of Battlestar Galactica. How was it? Dude, I know say we listen, we talked about this a lot last week, so I won't go too much into it again. I don't have, really have anything else new to say other than dude, the ending to Battlestar Galactica. You think of great TV endings of all time, right? I think Breaking Bad. Right. right, as like truly a perfect ending. Right, Battlestar Galactica fucking blows that ending out of the water. Do I know the ending? Is it like a very popular ending that would have gotten like spoiler spoiler for me? Not necessarily. I don't think. Is it even like a spoilable ending? The thing is, dude, not really. Like, there's one thing. There's one thing that happens at the very, very end, which. Mm-hmm. I would say even telling you the premise of it isn't even a spoiler because it's such a show. It's the ending is a conclusion of the full journey and how they get to that ending is actually the spoiler, not the ending itself. Gotcha. Okay. And what I'm going to tell you, and it's my last appeal to you. First of all, if you ever are going to watch this, you must touch base with me because I must give you the correct order. And there are Mm -hmm. some things on our service that we have that need to be, corrected before if you're going to go into it proper oh you should tell me to tell me what that is anyway 
yes. Well, there's there's several things. I have I actually made a list because as I was watch, I have it on I have it all on Blu-ray, but sometimes I was watching it. And I was like, I just want to lay in bed and watch this because I have my my Surface, mm-hmm. uh, but you can call me abysmal. But sometimes it's just like I want to just lay in bed and watch this now. So I was watching it on that while I was also watching my Blu-rays, and when I got to season four, I was like, oh, there's some issues here, and there's a couple of other things that they're easy to correct they're just like extended right. extended episodes we need to add there's extras that are missing stuff like that so okay um anyway the very end the very very end has your favorite uh trope in all of media in it don't even have to say it i know what it is and it's a time skip and when i tell you it is the fucking most insane perfect ending time skip you've ever seen in your life i truly mean it because i'm balling right i'm balling crying from the ending it's bittersweet ending but it's a perfect ending it's literally perfect and then there's a time skip and i remember the first time watching it, i was like i was blown away and then watching it again i was like it's like it's like they they, they made a perfect landing and then they somehow made it even more perfect landing then everybody gets off the ship and they're <laughs> and, all waving to the crowd. And and it's like it's like everybody gets out and just starts clapping congratulations. And yeah. it's like <laughs> Um The ending is truly perfect and then it is even more perfect and it's so good. And again, it's a it's such a uh, product of its time. Mm-hmm. Um with, you know, post nine eleven, the war on terror, um, the literal, you know, acceleration of AI, which I think watching it again right now, specifically in the last couple of months with what's going on with AI, with chat GPT and this new Microsoft thing and all that stuff, like it's really, really prescient right now again too. So that's my final appeal to you. I think it's the best thing ever yeah. made in media wise. Uh, I'm excited too to see, cause they're supposed to be making a movie and a new series, I'll be interested to see how that goes because this series is a quote unquote reimagining of the original seventies one, but the original seventies one is still technically Canon in this show. Not, you don't need to watch the original seventies one. There's a lot going on right now. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. But there's a way that they could continue this series without being a direct continuation. And I hope they do that rather than completely redoing it again. So anyway, that's where I'll leave it. I love that show. Finished it. I might rewatch. I might make it an annual rewatch for a little bit, like I did Breaking Bad. So, we'll see. Uh, games. Uh, you mentioned Overwatch Two. I feel the same way about you. Uh, playing a lot of Marvel Snap, which I know you are as well, right? Too. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then the other Not thing, as much as I was, but still playing it. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing I started was the Final Fantasy VII Intermission Yuffie DLC. What is this? The the Final Fantasy VII Yuffie DLC. The intermission You're playing that for the remake? Yes, I'm playing it. Is it good? No. Um, well, then why are you playing it? Because so here's the thing. Okay, I we played we both played Final Fantasy VII remake, and I liked it. I liked the characters, and I liked the stories, and I liked the combat. I had a lot of issues with the game though. Right now, right, I've heard that you must play the Crisis Core remake before you play Part Two of Final Fantasy VII remake. Otherwise, it's spo- otherwise you're going to be missing key information. Yeah, for the next part of Final Fantasy VII, because because the, the main character in that is going to be in there, right? But I had no idea that I had to play this before the next part of Final Fantasy VII remake. Since the next part of Final Fantasy VII remake is probably coming out this year or next year, 
I was like, I got to play the UP DLC because there's something with it in Crisis Core. And then I got to play Crisis Core before the next Final Fantasy VII. Right. Final Fantasy 16 is not coming out for a little bit. And I really was kind of... 16. 16. Yeah. And I was really kind of hankering for a Final Fantasy type combat. Mm. So I was like, let's try Yuffie. And dude, an hour into it, I'm like, I fucking remember why I disliked so many parts of Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Right. It fucking takes forever to go anywhere. It takes 30 minutes to climb a ladder. You got to climb back down the same fucking ladder. You got to fucking shimmy through a thing. You got to fucking walk at a glacial pace. Uh, somebody just gives you expository dialogue. Every door you go into, you can't fucking walk. You fucking move at a glacial pace. And I'm like, oh, right. This is encompassing all the things I fucking hated about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Right. And I'm not going to be continuing that DLC. <laughs> Played Final Fantasy VII Remake, had expectations, went back, same expectations. I mean, nothing changed. It's the I know, same game. I like the combat is awesome, and I want to know what's going on with the story. But, dude, it's it's so... That game is awesome. It's so annoying to play when you're out of combat. It's so just absolutely cumbersome and annoying to play. And I'm like... I'm like a fourth of the way through it because it's not that long. And I'm like, do I really want to subject myself to this? And I don't know the answer to that. I don't know what to tell you. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. When I saw this, I thought you were playing the the remake that just came out. No, not yet. I'm playing this so I can play the, the Crisis Core remake. Right. Because apparently we have to. But ugh, I don't know, man. So where are you... Um. What's making you want, like, where are you, do you listen to podcasts? Like, what, where are you, like, hearing about this? Um, mainly through podcasts. Uh, and they're saying, definitely play Crisis Core Remake? Yeah, because I listened to the first, I was interested in the game anyway. Um, but I listened to a, the first 20 minutes, the non-spoiler section of a spoiler cast for Last Stand Media, Colin Moriarty right. and all of them. And they're like, you have to play this before you play part two of final fantasy seven remake and they said it's good they yes yes they said it's very okay. good i didn't i was only in the non-spoiler part and they said you must play it and you must play the yuffie dlc before playing crisis core and i was like fuck all right damn well i didn't know that so i'm gonna have to do that now yeah so but oh god dude. i don't know i don't know what else to say um movies we talked about megan we'll talk about that in a minute and the last thing i added which is not really a movie but i wanted to mention it is we watched the kenny omega's new japan match um versus what's his name will osprey will osprey yeah um that was an awesome match you know i like wrestling i'm not obviously nowhere near as big of a fan or involved as you are but when i right. you know when i like a match like i like a match and that was a fucking awesome match and new japan wrestling fantastic. is really cool New Japan's awesome. Uh, hopefully, Will Ospreay is going to come to AEW so he can have bangers like that with Kenny all the time. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I forgot about that, actually. When you wrote KO match, I was like, what is, what are you talking about? Yeah, Kenny. Kenny Omega. Okay. Kenny. Well, I have, speaking of wrestling, Josh, breaking news. This oh, was no. sent over by our good friend, Steven. I don't know if he's watching right now, but if he is, shout out to Steven for sending this over. Huge news in the wrestling world. Uh -oh. Stephanie McMahon no, no. has resigned oh. from WWE. Damn. Following her her dad's return to the company. Damn. Good for her, dude. 
About eight months ago, I took a leave of absence and within a few weeks unexpectedly had the opportunity of a lifetime. I had the privilege to return as the co-CEO and chairwoman, chairwoman of the board of WWE. I cannot put into words how proud I am to have led what I consider to be the greatest company in the world, working alongside a remarkable leadership team and one of my strongest, strongest executives I have known in my co-CEO, Nick Khan. Our founder, Vince McMahon, has returned as executive chair and is leading an exciting process regarding strategic alternatives. And with Nick's leadership and Paul Triple H Levesque, as, which is her husband, as chief content officer, I'm confident WWE is in the perfect place to continue to provide unparalleled creative content and drive maximum value for shareholders. WWE is in such a strong position that I have decided to return to my leave and take it one step further with my official resignation. Yeah, that's that's cool, but that ain't why you're leaving, pal. Rest in piss, bozo. That's what Steven oh would say. God. Um, um, I mean, it's clear. Yeah. What happened here? Yeah. They're selling it to Saudi Arabia, and she has no rights there. So, Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's abysmal. So, No meme. Anywho. No meme. I mean, women cannot own a business or run a company in Saudi Arabia. So if you're selling it to the Saudi oh, a, family, which you are. point. That's a great point. That's exactly why she's leaving. We're selling to Saudi Arabia. You legally cannot be in charge. Goodbye. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's fucking abysmal. And uh, you heard it here first. Josh. Yes. Very important uh, ad read for you. Oh, wait. You have to roll the intro first. Do that. I forgot about that part. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, Haptic Intel was sponsored by W Energy. I'm here to tell you that W was formulated to give you focus and energy with no jitters or crashes. Their formula contains vitamins, amino acids, and nootropics, including the patented Neurofactor. Neurofactor, ladies and gentlemen. So listen, there's no calories, there's no sugars, no artificial colors, no fillers, none of the bad stuff. All that good stuff, though. Your current energy drink may cost anywhere from... Two to three dollars per can, but I'm here to tell you right now, W Energy costs one dollar per drink. That's right, one dollar per drink. And listen, if you find a hard to work or study, use code SLICK and save on W. That's right, save 10% today on your W.GG order using code SLICK. And when you do, the 10% that you save goes right back to us and supports the show. So thank you for that. And matter of fact, while we're talking about it, Josh, I believe they just launched a new. Already up, on this, up up behind us. Yep. Dubby is declaring a war, ladies and gentlemen. It is wartime. And with this, they've unleashed one, a new flavor, which is blueberry big energy tears, mm-hmm. uh, which is awesome. I, I'm definitely digging the blueberry. Mm-hmm. 
and but all this sweet camo merch with their logo on it as well. That's right. So you can save 10% on not just the uh, big energy tears tub of dub, but also all of the merchandise that you see on your screen right now, including the new blue shaker cup. So use right. code, which Slick. I like. I like that too. That's a nice shaker cup with matches white... my eyes. Matches something else too, dude. Um, our shirts, which you can also get at haftigintel.com uh, slash merch. Merch. Yep. Yeah. Go check that out. But yeah, uh, use code slick S L I C K on uh, W.GG. Save 10% on all their merch and their shaker cups and their d- tubs of dub and all that. And the big energy fears and all that good stuff. Yeah. I don't know why you played the fart song behind the ad read. Was that a problem? I don't know. They might they might look at it and be like, nah, we're pulling don't care. you. We're pulling you. W energy. W.gg. All right, Brett, let's move on. I don't care. Uh, okay, Josh. Video game releases. What do you got for me? Only one. Uh, one Piece Odyssey. Coming to PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One PC on January 13th, which is three days from now time recording yeah so that's it that's the only game for now and then starting next week look out so yeah and this is a pretty big game if you're a fan of uh, one piece and anime mm-hmm. games so you know that's cool but if you're a big fan of anime uh and and these kind of games i got i got news for you next week persona baby coming to game pass by the way which i coming forgot and was pass. reminded today yep so Believe definitely, that's the that, definitely be on the look. Believe those are the nineteenth. So yes, we'll be yep. streaming once more before then. All right, let's jump into the abysmal chronicles, Josh. Mm. These are stories that are just a little bit too abysmal uh, to be our main topic. Mm. So the first one. Mm. Would you like me to cover these ones? Oh sure. So, Dead by Daylight is losing the rights. To one of its most popular characters. Bye-bye. Leatherface. They will be removing him from storefronts. This is coming from Leaks DBD on Twitter. One of the most reputable leakers in the Dead by Daylight community. Uh, So Leatherface will presumably receive the same treatment as the Stranger Things content in Dead by Daylight. Which means you'll still be able to play him if you bought him before it was removed. uh, But he will be permanently unavailable to purchase after a certain date. And... um, the leaker claims that this is due to the upcoming Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, which is apparently going to be a competitor to Dead by Daylight. Right. It's supposed to be a similar kind of asymmetrical multiplayer game. Um, right. Listen, I think the biggest concern with this, right, is that, oh, if I already bought it, how can you take it away? That's not the case here. Right. Um, however, it's still abysmal that, you know, content that was previously available is being removed. Um, yeah. but also not necessarily surprising. I mean, I feel like it's, that's always the case with stuff like this, right? Is like rights and licenses kind of ebb and flow and go back and forth. And it's kind yeah. of a risk you take, right? Um, I think we've also seen similar stuff with like Mortal Kombat in the past and things like that. So, you know, it sucks, um, that new people can't get it, but at least people that already bought it won't be losing it. So, right. All right. Next story. Um, and this one is abysmal for a very specific reason. So, it might sound like a good thing, but stay with me here. Megan writer says a gorier unrated cut of the film might be coming soon. This is coming from Polygon. So Megan has already taken the world by storm, raking in huge box office returns and garnering speculation about a sequel after just its first weekend. 
but it turns out we may not have to wait for the sequel for more Megan. Screenwriter Akila Cooper, and I hope I'm saying that right, Akila. Uh, Akila Cooper. Who is awesome, by the way. Told the Los Angeles Times there may be an unrated version of Megan on the way that's way gorier than the PG-13 theatrical cut. Cooper didn't say just how much the unrated version would change, but she did reveal a few details, including the fact that it would include a lot more murder. Uh, quote, Megan's body count in the script was a lot higher than in the movie. It wasn't a Gabriel, which is uh, the character from Malignant. It wasn't a Gabriel scale massacre, but she did kill a bunch more people, Cooper said. It stands to reason that a version with a much higher body count might also up the PG-13 movies gore considerably, which, given that Cooper also wrote James Wan's Malignant, shouldn't come as a surprise. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know where the notes went for this part that I want to say, Josh, but Cooper, the writer of the film, claimed that the reason the film was given the PG-13 rating and the script was changed was because once the first trailer for the film came out and it went viral, they decided to keep it at PG-13, take things out of the film in order to make it so that those teenagers that were you know, making the, the trailer go viral could actually see the film. That I, is abysmal. I understand that from a studio perspective. And, you know, maybe if I was a studio executive, I would do the same thing. But here is the thing. You look at the screenwriter for this, right? And you look at Malignant. Malignant was rated R. That movie was fucking bonkers. Awesome. Megan, what's the first thing we all said to each other when it was over? I don't know what. It was meh. That movie didn't go far enough. Right. It wasn't crazy enough. Right? And it's because of the PG-13 rating. And I'm telling you, it felt like the studio had... Because I was like, this is not the same person that created this. There's just no way. Because there's like hints of absolute insanity, but it backs off. Right? Almost immediately. Um, And I want to see what the actual original written intended cut was of the movie. Because clearly it was filmed. It was shot. Right? And then it was removed because of the marketing. Yeah, uh, it and went that, viral, and that's a shame. And I'm so sick of studios do, like rated R horror movies will still do just as well as PG-13 horror movies. You've seen it time and time and time again. They just wanted the kids to be able to go see it, though. You know, fuck them. Who cares? Who cares about them? Money. Stop appealing to the least common denominator. What about money? Fuck money. I'm with you. I agree. I'm just uh, playing devil's advocate here. All right. Well, that's all I got for you in the Abysmal Chronicles, Josh. Why don't you hit me with the exciting, exciting, exciting news we have in the Slick Stories? I don't know if I would call it super exciting, at least this first one. But What do you mean? Eh, listen, dude. I don't know about this. Let's see. Ooze. Sony's ooze. Uh, You're not excited for ooze? No. Footage of a brand new Sony IP has leaked. Right, and I'm actually going to play this behind us while, uh, well, we're not going to get copyright strike for it, are we? That's actually a good point. I just thought about that, and I'm going to stop myself. I'll show you this screenshot, but that's it. That's all you okay. get. There's not much to it. There's not much to it. Um, so the game is apparently a sci-fi RPG based in Unreal Engine Five. It's being developed through XDev in partnership with an external studio. XDev is uh, Sony support 
shit, right? Their development pipeline. The studio behind this is still unconfirmed. However, we do know they're based in Europe. Dusk Golem, who is a leaker on Twitter. Notorious uh, horror game leaker, yeah. Yeah, confirmed that this is the quote-unquote ooze game, which was a previously rumored new Sony IP, and that this footage is from an old build of the game. If you watch the footage, it's, it's very uh, rudimentary. Okay. Yeah. So Dusk Golem commented on Reset on reset Era and said this, quote, while obviously I can't say if this will come out or not, I'll mention I personally have seen a lot more of this game and more recent stuff of this game that this clip than this clip. Um, not this clip, but the game itself beyond this clip is at least at a point currently where the game is fully voice acted, music composed specifically for it, being far more fine-tuned than this clip. Dusk Golem also further commented on Reddit and said, quote, I decided to read people's reactions to Ooze. Ooze is a nickname I attribute to the project rather than what it will be called. The nickname will make more and more sense when people get to see more of this whenever they do. It's a very ooey, gooey game, more than this clip even suggests. I don't think the clip suggests it's ooey or gooey at all. Yeah, no. Um, and then just last point that we could talk about it. It says a recent finding seems to indicate that the studio behind this title may be People Can Fly, developers of Painkiller, Bulletstorm, and Gears of War Judgment, and Outriders. That last point is very, very interesting, Brett. And I'll tell you why it makes sense. People Can Fly was canned or gotten, they were basically sidelined, uh, dissimulated from, was it Ubisoft, right? Who did Outriders? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, whoever the studio is that published Outriders, which is a shame because I heard Outriders is good. And I still actually really want to try it. Um, so that makes sense. And it's interesting, you know, through this XDev stuff, if PlayStation is going to kind of test it out, test them out and see what they can do. Um, really other than um um oh my god bungie playstation doesn't typically go and purchase outside studios or bring them in-house and make them first party until there's some right. sort of relationship there typically um there's you know usually there's some sort of relationship there before they do that and this xdev pipeline is basically essentially for that um so interesting i'll tell you why i'm not that excited though why can we please have something that is not a third-person shooter from PlayStation? Please, something that is not a third-person shooting game. I get that. Please, not even th shooting, just a third-person action game. Something else, please, please, something else. Don't. <laughs> it's not. I love all of the first-party games, but can we please get something else? anything oh. a first person shooter please so here's why i'm excited for it and i i do see what you mean and i agree it is the third person thing with with playstation is nuts dude i mean it's it's literally all they can make right now at this point um that being said this game is my shit dude in the clip you'll see a giant kaiju climbing a tower don't know what that what's going on there but if it's a kaiju in the game i'm interested and if you look in the distance, and maybe you can kind of skim through the video to, to show this. I don't know. I already closed that a bit. I don't want to risk it. There's a giant eyeball in the sky. Oh, so yeah. You can actually see it in this image right here. Yeah, that's so I don't know what that is, but that's my shit, dude. Giant monsters is my shit. Mm -hmm. um, plus, Dusk Golem, who is usually a horror uh, leaker who knows a lot about, like, Resident Evil and Silent Hill stuff is the one leaking this. So it makes you think there's got to be it's sci-fi. It's got to have some some horror in there. Maybe if he's, you know, finding out about it. So 
Um, also, it's ooze. It's ooze, dude. I'm in it for the ooze. Ivan ooze. Do you get so when I first watched it, I was like, oh, resistance. Do you get resistance vibes from it? Yeah, it it looks like a PS3 game. Yeah. From well, the yeah, graphics. but I mean, just in, in general, like for sure. Definitely. Um, and he said it's way further along than that clip. It's interesting that that's what leaked, but um, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not obviously going to knock it before anything. And it's not like, I, I mean, I love every PlayStation first party game. I really do. There has been one that came out that I'm like, eh, that's fucking turds. Um, yeah. But I don't know, man. Like I would like, uh, I would like some more, some different stuff. Please, at some point, you know, at some point, I really would. So, all right, anything else on that? Uh, Stay tuned. All right. Flipping the script from PlayStation going to Xbox. Xbox is apparently rumored to hope that they will host a new developer direct show format this month featuring ZeniMax titles, Forza, and more. This is coming from Jez Corden, who is the managing editor at Windows Central and podcast podcaster at xbox 2 podcast um so it may be part of a new initiative from microsoft and xbox to offer information on upcoming games more frequently outside of the major e3 and game awards marketing beats this makes sense playstation and nintendo already do this slated for january 25th at 12 p.m pacific time on xbox's official channels on twitch and youtube it, excuse me it won't be a full-blown e3 scale nice. kind of show but starfield may even be skipping the show for a bigger marketing beat later on this seems pretty much all but confirmed, Brett, and I think it's good. I think Xbox needs to come out swinging on this. Um, you know, there there's some games that are in the pipeline that need to start hitting, or, I mean, they're going to be even more trouble than they already are. So what do you think about this? I don't think this is going to be anything crazy, to be honest with you. It's their okay. first one. I don't, I don't think they're going to go too big. I think it's the world's worst kept secret that they're going to be doing this new direct style thing. Mm -hmm. People have been talking about it since late December. It's been rumored. They bought a new studio. A lot of people have been talking about the new studio and what they're going to be using it for. Um, I think we're going to get some stuff like Redfall. Yep. Games that are coming soonish. I don't think maybe they'll tease one big game that we haven't heard of or a development update of a big game. Uh, but I don't anticipate this being E3 level, which they, you know. They said that in the leak. It's not going to be a full-blown E3-style right. show. So other, just to kind of rattle some off, other potential games that might be there is Avowed. We haven't seen anything from that in a while, although I highly doubt. That's Obsidian. I highly doubt that's going to be there. I feel like that game is the furthest off out of most of these. Um, Starfield, like was mentioned by Jez, probably not going to be there. Uh, that will probably have its own kind of event-style thing this year since that's supposed to come out in the first half of 2023. Um, there was that Fable game that was announced. I don't think that'll be there. Forza could likely be there, you know. Um, Hellblade 2, I think, makes sense. That game's yeah. probably soon. Um, Elder Scrolls 6, I doubt that's going to be there. Ark 2, I doubt that's going to be there. Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl, this apparently uh, is really, really far along. I know the invasion of... Uh, ukraine by russia uh kind of delayed that but people ha have had their hands on this game uh in some sort of testing formats uh redfall you know i think that makes sense state of decay 3 probably not outer worlds 2 probably not perfect dark that game's fucking internally canceled Everwild, and then i have on here too warhammer 40k dark tide for consoles which i think just released on p on pc so 
I don't know. I don't know if we missed anything there, but those are some other potential ones that might be there. But I, I tend to agree with you. And I just think it's really important for Xbox to start announcing release dates and hitting those release dates and making sure these games are good because they're really going to have their tail between their leg this year with the FTC stuff, which they really probably do not want to dictate their entire news cycle this year. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see, I suppose, but they need yeah, to they hit just have it. To, they have to kind of like soften expectations a little bit like PlayStation does and say this broadcast will be about blank, blank and blank. Do right. not expect any information about blank. Right. 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 So, right. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Josh, main topic of the day. This is a big one. We are huge fans of The Last of Us and both both games, one and two. Yep. And now the HBO series is coming January 15th, I believe. Correct. Reviews are in. They are. Critics got to check out the nine episodes and they did. Josh, I'm here to tell you something. Tell me. It debuted with a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Insane. It has since gone down. Yes, but continue. Go not ahead. not very much. Um, I'm going to pull it up right now just so I can get a sense. We're at 96%, which mm -hmm. is fantastic for anything, let alone a 96% with how many reviews? 40? 30? 40? Uh, earlier it was 30. I can't see how many. Um, does not look like they're going to show me how many. I'll I'll look it up. You you go ahead. It's um fifty nine okay. reviews. So that's fantastic. Actually, it's actually at ninety seven percent now. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> so critic reviews. Uh, many outlets are calling this the greatest video game adaptation ever made. Insane, and also a fantastic show on its own. Previously, that title was held by Werewolves Within. That's right. It was. Um, so Megan Navarro of Bloody Disgusting wrote a review. I just highlighted a couple of reviews here that I wanted For to bring up with you. Megan Navarro is awesome. Well, her review is also awesome because yeah. she said, The Last of Us isn't afraid to ask challenging questions with no easy answers or no answers at all. That it's so exceptionally and meticulously crafted means that it has effectively shattered the ceiling for video game adaptations. Can I comment on that first sentence? Yeah. The Last of Us isn't afraid to ask challenging questions with no easy answers or no answers at all. If I had to summarize what makes The Last of Us, specifically even Part 2, but definitely the first game too, gutting and as impactful as it is, is literally that right there. Yeah, she nailed it. Yeah. Continue. I have another one here from Keith Phipps, which is an awesome name. Keith Phipps. Uh, he's from TV Guide. So the nine episodes of this first season largely focus on faithfully adapting the first game. Happily, they do this extremely well, though. Uh, it's the moments that stretch beyond the game's established narrative and expand its world that elevate it. So it sounds like the common themes are, you know, the, the nomenclature that it's the best video game adaptation of all time. One of the best adaptations of all time. That's, that's good to hear. Um, yeah. But... It almost sounds like from a lot of these reviews, and these, this was just a taste that you were giving people, but from what I've read too, is that it 
pays homage and is so faithful to the games, but it also adds feelings of almost like deleted scenes or expansions within beats of the narrative from the video game that really help drive it home that maybe you can do in a more long form narrative format like this where you couldn't even in a video game per se. Right. That's 100% correct. Uh, it basically takes the game and adapts it, but then expands on that. And just apparently even that expanding is fantastic. Right. Yeah. So, so before we get into this next part here with all of that, mm-hmm. we're, first of all, I mean, I know we were probably going to watch it regardless, but does this have you excited or maybe more keen to try it out, you know, right away since it's getting reviewed so well? Definitely. Yeah. I'm going to watch it when it drops. Um, Listen, I didn't watch Chernobyl, Craig Mazin's other project. Oh, I thought you did. I did not, but it got oh. sucked off. Dude, Chernobyl is fucking incredible. I right. thought you did. You were the one that recommended it to me, were you not? Mm-mm. I thought you were. Maybe Jess watched it and she told me to tell you to watch it, but I did not watch oh, it. Chernobyl is awesome. Yeah. So I want to watch it, but he, you know, he got sucked off for that show and now he's doing this. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to. What about you? Oh, yeah. Well, so this next part that we're going to talk about gave me pause. Yeah. But seeing how well it's getting reviewed mm-hmm. um, and listening to more about what Druckmann has said about it and actually realizing that it was part of the lore of Last of Us before Spores were is you know enough for me to check it out right away. So go ahead and continue. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about tendrils. So you might have heard online that they're – Getting rid of the spores in The Last of Us's lore, and they're bringing these things called tendrils in. Um, and to add to your point, actually, there was a deleted audio clip from The Last of Us that talks about tendrils. Right. Uh, so, so before we get into this, the the spores, right, mm-hmm. are basically how the virus is transmitted or how people become infected in The Last of Us. You breathe it in. Right. And then it causes the cordyceps to form and the longer you're infected the more aggressive the cordyceps get right which all start from the spores so in the game you wear you know masks and filters and stuff like that to navigate through areas which are spore infested and and stuff like that so this is kind of replacing spores from the video game right so Eurogamer reported on this tendril thing and they said over the weekend a fairly big change came to light In HBO's take on the series, the cordyceps infection will not be spread by spores in the air. Rather, it will be spread by tendrils that can become a network that is interconnected. During an interview with Collider, co-creators Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin spoke more about the pandemic in general and how the infection would be depicted in the show. Quote, it was important for us to acknowledge that the audience is smarter about pandemics than they were five years ago, Mazin stated. We don't want to pretend that they don't know things, he said. (laughs) A lot of the reason this show begins the way it does with that scene in the 60s, likely the scene shown in a now-deleted behind-the-scenes video, which depicted a talk show discussing infections. Um, So the point of that is to say, look, the context is there. The context is there are viral pandemics, and they are quite dangerous, but there's something out there that is worse. And it may sound funny to you, but let me explain why. And then you start to realize, oh, That's not good, (laughs) which I think is awesome. Uh, And also, it's been there all along. So when the outbreak happens, it's not happening suddenly or capriciously. It's finally happening. It was always going to happen. We just happened to be there today to see it, he explained. 
Uh, and then Neil Druckmann added in. Uh, Druckmann went in on to address how the infection will spread in the show, stating the team did not want to have the cast wearing gas masks like we see at certain points in the game. Which, side note, makes complete sense. You paid a lot of money for Pedro Pascal. You don't want to cover his face up with a mask. We already do that in, in Mandalorian. I was say, what right? about the Mandalorian? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, elaborating on this point, Druckmann said this eventually led to the idea of using tendrils instead of spores in the air. Quote, and then just thinking about how there's a passage that happens from one infected to another, and like fungus does, it could become a network that is interconnected. It became very scary to think that they're all working against us in this unified way, which was a concept that I really liked that got developed in the show. I think that is interesting. Actually. Um, yes. So initially what gave me pause was this, because I don't, I, I didn't want the lore... I like I love The Last of Us so much, right? I didn't want the lore and the actual function of the virus to change. And the way I originally read it was like, oh, that's more visual. Oh, you're appealing to normies, whatever it is. And it seems like that might partially be the case for the visual storytelling aspect of it, but it doesn't really seem to detract anything and actually sounds almost more interesting than the spores do. So, so it reminds me of Stranger Things fans will know what I'm talking about here. Vecna I'm not one of those. has... Yeah, Vecna has these vines that all are connected to a hive mind. And that's what this reminds me of, where mm -hmm. these tendrils are kind of all working together. They have like this one brain. It almost makes it like it's not each individual zombie isn't a threat. It's like there is a thing behind all of the zombies that acts as like the mother brain almost. That kind of like is the, I guess it's the fungus, right? Mm -hmm. The cordyceps. So it, it makes it a little more interesting. There's like one central thing behind all this outbreak. So mm -hmm. it's interesting. We'll see how it goes. Um, but even more important than the actual virus or whatever, the pandemic itself uh, that is kind of central to the storytelling is the characters. Um, for The Last of Us, I would say that you know, it's always about the characters and the drama between them in The Last of Us rather than, you know, the, the function of the world is really just kind of the backdrop of it. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, I'm more interested in actually seeing how Pedro Pascal and um, what's the girl's name? Bella Ramsey. Bella Ramsey. How Sorry, they, I'm yawning. How they play off of each other um, and some, how some of the other characters kind of play into that too in, in the story. Um, and I love Pedro right. Pascal. This is a big year for him. Last of Us and Mandalorian season three. Um, and he was in that Nick Cage movie. <laughs> yeah. So um it should be interesting Woman. and um you know we'll I'm I'm assuming as it comes out, maybe we'll talk about it every week. Um where it'll at least be in the top of the show for us every week, likely. So that first episode is probably gonna be a tear jerker. Yeah. Uh well, yes, knowing what we do about the beginning of the game. Yeah. So make sure you subscribe for that. Yep. Anything else to add about The Last of Us TV show before we wrap up? I'm ready to wrap it up. Well, my friend, I must tell you, that was a tight hour for us. That was good. You are so unbelievably bad. It's not even funny. All right. That'll do it for us. Um, make sure, you know, as we mentioned at the top of the show, call 904 878-2858 and uh, drop us a line there and you might hear yourself on uh, episode 100 which will be in 
three weeks from now. Um, so do that, leave a message, uh, come back, make sure you're subscribed for that, for that live show, and maybe you can end up on that show. I don't know what the format's going to be. I'm assuming we'll take any questions, but they can be video game related or otherwise, I suppose. Um, yeah, we, I have no idea about that. We'll talk about that more. Um, anything else to add, Brett? I love you all. All right. Make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. All links in the description. And if you're uh, listening on uh, audio feeds, too, we love you. I see the crystal red of fall and the beauty of his dawn. It renders us come charming through. You make the tremble in my mind when I think of for some time. And I can spend some time with you. Just the two of us. We can gonna be the new outro every year every uh i said year every week all right